crazy. Niggas want me to talk about it. Yo, what happened? Niggas want me to talk about it. Niggas want me to talk about it. Fuck how niggas feel. I'm going to talk about it. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About It. Hey, I'm your host, ASAP Barbie. Hey, I have another guest, the same guest, E, is on with me today. And today, we're going to be talking about the Me Too movement and 45 and the Clemson Tigers. How funny this shit was. So, uh, what's up, E? What's up, man? How you doing? All right, all right. So we just gonna jump straight into it, good people. And um, the Me Too movement for me, the Me Too movement. Well, first, first, before I explain, first let me start off by saying I respect the Me Too movement. I think it's been past time that women get their justice for all this crazy stuff that happens to them on a regular. That people kind of just push to the side. So everything that I say is not to this, you know, discredit the Me Too movement, but it's just like for me, the Me Too movement is like they're turning into the bullies to the black man. And the reason I say that is because they come out and they point the finger at R. Kelly. Granted, R. Kelly was wrong. I think he should burn in hell. It is what it is. Then you point the finger at Bill Cosby. I think he should burn in hell as well. It is what it is. Now they're about to do this thing about Michael Jackson, and Me Too has their hand all in it. But it's like I'm almost positive I've seen like four cases get dismissed by Harvey Weinstein's situation, and there was no Me Too movement jumping on that. Or when the trainer up in Minnesota, uh, Michigan at Michigan State was touching on all those cheerleaders and drill team members, where was Me Too at then? It's like you you say we got to protect our culture and our black men, but you only attacking the black man. And don't get it twisted. You're attacking the right black men because what they did was completely wrong. But on the flip side, it's like, where you at with Harvey Weinstein? Where you at with Michigan State? Where you at with the other races that deal with this kind of stuff? Is it is Me Too strictly set up for the black community only? Or is it for women in general? Because one day y'all women in general, the next day is just point the finger at the niggas. Like, but that's how I feel about it. How you feel about it? So I'll say this about the Me Too movement. I think they started off with good and purpose you know, good intentions. Um, but they didn't understand the climate that we're in. So in their effort trying to, you know, bring awareness to sexual assault uh, victims um, and their the people that's making these, uh, I want to say, harassing comments, um, these gestures, they're actually forcing themselves upon this women. I think they started off to try to shed light on that. But one thing that I believe the creator of the hashtag didn't consider was what kind of climate we live in. Now, like you said, um, we're not going to discredit them. We're not going to blame them. But one thing that you have to remember is in America, things operate a certain way. And what I mean by that is you can have great intentions. You can create the greatest law in the world. But you got to think about who is it going to affect. 
And to me, it's not surprising that all the black entertainers are the ones that's falling on the crucifix. Rightfully so. But one thing that they didn't take into account was that you're not going to be able to get a Harvey Wine or a Paul Walker or a Elvis Presley because our society ain't built like that to tear down their leaders. Does that make sense? It does. So in other words, it is strictly for the African-American community then. Because well, if, that, what I'm saying is we're going to be the ones most affected by it because the way we operate in this country, we call wrong, wrong. We know R. Kelly's wrong. We know Bill Cosby's wrong. We know, right. you know any black man that's affected by this movement, we're not going to sit up here and defend them. But what we didn't take into account is other groups aren't going to treat their entertainers like that. They're going to sit up and defend them and turn a blind eye and pretend like it didn't happen. You know, I mean, that's just how they operate. And when you have righteous intent, but it's in muddy water, you know what I'm saying? It's not going to it's not going to manifest itself in it the way that it wanted it needed to or it was intended to. At the end of the day, what do you you personally think that the solution to all this would be? Because, like I said, on the and this is me speaking from the outside looking in, because I don't really dig into the Me Too movement like that. I just know for me personally, it's like I've cut back on a lot of stuff. Like when I see people out in public, like I used to tell people, like, "Oh, you look nice today," or you know, "You're beautiful," and this that. I don't do that no more because I'm not trying to go to jail because you look good or because you got a fat ass. Like, no, nah, I'm good. So I just don't even speak, especially in the workplace. I definitely don't speak because I feel like I'm black. So this shit is targeted at me. So it's like, what's the solution? And that's not because in a minute, in a minute, as men, as black men, we're gonna be afraid to talk. And that's that unintended consequence I was talking about. Now you're walking around on eggshells because you feel like you have a bullseye on your back. But do you really think that you know every man in America is walking around like that? No, you know, um, some people feel comfortable. And what I think the solution is, bring awareness. I'm not saying don't bring awareness. Have your movement, have your hashtags, but you have to be pragmatic with uh, the result. I mean, you, let's keep it real. I don't want to jump off subject, but like somebody thought that stopping and frisking was a good idea, but they didn't think, or maybe they did, that it would negatively target a certain group of people and they enacted the law and it didn't, it wasn't executed the way they intended. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, that's up for debate on if they were actually targeting us. Um, I do believe that that law, that specific law, Stop and Frisk, was created, you know what I'm saying, to target a black man. But I don't feel that same way about me too. But the same result is happening. You know, we're, we're bringing all this stuff to the light. We're saying, hey, this guy had a 13-year-old wife. This guy was messing with a teenager. But it's not getting the same result. There are no surviving Elvis Presley's. There's no surviving Harvey Weinstein. You know? You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, for me, it's just like 
be careful. On, on this topic in general, on the Me Too movement, like, like I said, it sucks that we have to walk on eggshells because it's like, damn, I don't know what's cool and what's not cool anymore. But moving forward, for me, it's just like, be careful with your choice of words. Know who you're talking to. Know who you're dealing with. Because that's the only way right now that, you know, you won't get put in the spotlight about something. Because, you know, like for me, I actually had somebody, not towards me, but I knew somebody that told a girl, like, yo, you fine. Like, you mad fine. And next thing I know, I get on social media and the young lady was blasting this dude, like, don't y'all think this sexual harassment because he told me I was fine as hell and this, this, this. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, this crazy. So I feel like they, they use it to their advantage, if that makes sense. Like, if they like you, they'll accept it. If they don't like you, now you me too and me. Like, so it's like, damn. It's, it's almost like a broken cycle. Yeah, and in, in, in my profession, you know, we actually have coordinators whose sole job is to look out for sexual harassment and sexual assault. And what I always tell, you know, uh, my employees is you got to treat everybody with dignity and respect. And if you decide to take it there with somebody, you're putting yourself at risk. Just understand that, you know, um, while you might not get prosecuted on some he said, she said stuff, the stigma mm -hmm. is still real. You know, when somebody comes right. out and says, hey, he said some crazy to me or hey they brushed up against me you know and felt me up or something like that that stigma still stands it could be true or false you got to keep that in mind and always be on point at all times right right all right good people so moving along to the next topic the next topic is 45 and the national champions clemson tigers like, I don't know if y'all seen it, if you heard about it, whatever the case was, but I thought it was corny that the man came out and gave these dudes fast food. Now, it's not the point that he gave them fast food. It's what he said behind the fast food. Basically, he said, because the government is shut down, because they don't want to give me my money for the wall, I had to go in my own pocket and serve them fast food. Now, that's the stupid part of the whole situation because reality of it is we have to look at these big giant dudes and still realize these are kids. They're still kids. So they was loving McDonald's and Wendy's and pizza and cupcakes and French fries and all that crazy shit. They enjoyed it. But it's like, even if you had to pay out your own pocket, I'm pretty sure Olive Garden or Red Lobster ain't part of the government. You could have got some of them cooks to come come to the White House and cook for you. I mean, but that's <laughs> my personal opinion. And it's like, who is this dude? Like, like he does stuff in a malicious way. And it's almost like, dude is a real savage about it. <laughs> like, that's mad crazy to me. I actually have an interesting take. I actually think it was mad calculated. Um, you know, because the, the report said that he did purchase all that food, and I believe he did, you know. But when you got $10 billion, or so they say, I refuse to believe that you can't get a better spread than that. And I was just thinking, 
when I played football in high school, at the end of the season, you know, you have your winter breaking banquet where they they pass out the awards. We had a better spread there. And, like, even our coaches wouldn't even think to just get 50 double cheeseburgers, throw them <laughs> on the table, and be like, hey, good season, boys. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I, I agree with you. Like, I think he used it as a as a opportunity to get his point across on – uh, some other political stuff, and that's the part that I thought was whack. And the crazy part, I actually seen a video where he he bought all this food, and it was crazy because he allowed his people to eat before the guest. And I was like, ain't that all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he said, get a couple of them. He was like, yo, grab a couple. I, I remember that. I seen it. Yeah, and it was like, that's ass backwards. Now, don't get it twisted. I do. I sincerely understand. Yes, this man bought like a thousand burgers, a thousand chicken sandwiches, a thousand and so on, french fries and like 300 pizzas. I get it. I know a lot was going to be left over, but it's like, dude, you feed the guests first. And then you feed your staff because it's like it's only 53 players. Even if they all got two of everything, you still got buku stuff left over. So it's like he is really like a real savage out here on this on this everything stuff. Like this dude is wild and wild. And yeah, I like I said, I agree. And I can't help but to just think back to when, you know, it's preseason. You know, we you're doing tour days in the hot North Carolina sun. And then the coach tells you to go to the cafeteria, you know, and all the coaches pitched in to get pizza. That's the level that he put the national championship Clemson Tigers on. Right. That level. Exactly. It's like, hey, hey, good job, boys. Come in here and get some of this pizza, fish sandwiches, hamburgers, and chicken sandwiches. Like, come on, man. Like, you got to be better than that. And especially – to your point, when you have a guest over, what what your mama used to have you do when y'all had guests over? Set the table, let them go first when we eat. Like it's almost like Thanksgiving. Put the paper plates up, get the fine dishes out, all that. Yep. You know. Now I, I'll give him this: he did serve him quarter pounders on a silver platter, you know, with the candles. But still, <laughs> like the yeah. menu matters, is what I'm saying. Right. I mean, like I said, the 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 guy is savage. There's no denying that. All I know is I'm thankful we only have a year left. I say government keeps stalling for another year, so we ain't got to hear about this wall shit no more, and we can just move on with life and be happy and happy and more happy. Or get better. I said it. Not even happy. Get Just get better. Move on from him and carry on with life. So... The, the next thing that I've been wanting to talk about, because today is a, it's kind of a special day. Like, uh, it's Martin Luther King's birthday. And a lot of people probably didn't know. Some of y'all still don't care. But for me, it's like, when you go, if you don't know about Martin Luther King, go Google it. Go YouTube and watch some videos. Go to the library and check out some books. And you'll see like one of the most powerful black leaders ever, you will understand that none of us are perfect. 
We all make mistakes. We all come, we all have dark paths and dark backgrounds of some sort. Because Martin Luther King was not always Dr. Martin Luther King. He also came from a dark background. But what he did for us is way more powerful than a lot of y'all can even imagine. Like some of y'all get to go to Walmart and all these other good places. Like we doing a podcast. Thank you, Dr. Martin Luther King. You helped, you helped us get to this point to where we could do this. Because at one, and I'll, t- I'll take you to another level. Uh-huh. You, you said he was one of the greatest black people. You know, he was actually one of the greatest Americans. I, in, in my opinion, what the greatest American? Because um, as you was just getting to getting that, if you just look around today, that stuff doesn't happen without him and his leadership. You know, getting in front at a time where a lot of us probably would have stayed at home just to, if we can keep it all the way funky. Yeah. You know, if Martin Luther King was knocking on the door, was you really about to go out and march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge and get beat down, you know, on a bloody Sunday? So, and all that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially after the first day. Some of us would have packed up and moved on about our business. So... It's like we we do we have to appreciate it and don't get it twisted. You know, it doesn't stop with Martin Luther King. It doesn't stop with Malcolm X and Rosa Parks. See, that's just the stuff they want you to know because those were the popular people. It goes deeper than that. It's a lot more people. And for me personally, I feel like Black History is twenty four seven three sixty five, but they only give us February to celebrate it. But I feel like it should be in January because Martin Luther King's birthday is in January. So we should get January and February to celebrate it, even though it's all year round, you know, for the people who who continue learning about us. So it's like, just go grab a book. Go go grab a book about the man and and, and see and see what's what. And so for the most part, like that's the hey, that's the wrap up for the day. And my words of wisdom is, man, it's gonna be be careful, be careful, be careful. Not just just be careful every day when you wake up and walk outside. Be careful, don't get hit by a car. Make sure you're doing the right thing. Have some integrity. Like just be careful. You know, make sure you're doing the right thing at all times. Because let me tell you, sneaky people end up dead or in jail. Like, that's the bottom line. Ain't no way of getting around it. Sneaky people are dead or in jail. So just make sure you be careful and always do the right thing. Yo, you got anything for me? Uh, like I said, just to, just to close it out uh, and reiterate, it's important. To one, treat everybody with dignity and respect. Understand what kind of society you live in and where the traps and snares at. Treat your guests with hospitality and like you actually want them to be there. <laughs> and three, like I said, it's it's all about the man this month. Um, rest in peace to the Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, you know, what, what can't we say about him? I can honestly say that I learned about him, new things about him throughout my whole adulthood. And I'm pretty sure there's still more to learn. But yes, um, like I said, you you hit it on the head. Um, 
Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it as always. If I can come, you know I'm gonna be here. Hey, we appreciate you for being here too, my man. Hey, if y'all have any questions, comments, or you feel like we didn't touch on something deep enough, hey, just hit me up on my Instagram at ASAP Barbie. I'm always willing to talk. Uh, stay posted on my Instagram because I'm about to be doing giveaways and contest and right now i'm doing a voting on there for thursday's episode so go check that out and we'll catch y'all next week